Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. for you and I to be vessels of honor. The responsibility is ours. Cleanse ourselves to make those choices. It's a responsibility to flee from those things that bring destruction, those things that we know that are sinful. Flee those things that we know are going to drag us down and pursue those things, again, of peace and of love, those things that will give glory and honor to Christ. We need to pursue after those things, and we need to avoid all those things in our lives that would, again, cause us to stumble or cause our testimony to become of no avail. How can we be a vessel of honor? In today's message from Pastor David, he teaches that to be a vessel of honor is to walk in obedience. To do so, we first need to cleanse ourselves from anything that could cause us to stumble in our walk. Second, to flee and avoid what could be destructive in our lives. Lastly, to pursue peace, love, and anything that gives glory and honor to Christ. By choosing to set aside anything that could destroy our testimony for Christ, we walk into an obedient and fruitful life. Now here's Pastor David with part two of his message, called for Honorable Use. That's what I personally believe that he's speaking here. I believe that that's the statement within the context of what he's saying, that he's making for us to understand these vessels of honor as compared to a a chamber pot. Now, Paul explains to Timothy that it's the task, it's the job, it's the responsibility of the believer, of the believer themselves, to personally cleanse and to remove the things within our lives that dishonor the Lord. Those things that, uh, again, would, would cloud over the ability of our lives to be used fully and completely for the Lord's honor in order that we might be useful to the master prepared for every good work. This is in addition, you need to understand this, this isn't speaking about our salvation to where our, our lives are clean, our, our sin is cleaned by the blood of the lamb that we shared at this table. No, this, this goes beyond this. This is the actual practical day by day, our daily walk, our sanctification, if you will, that he speaks of here. It's a determined, it's an intentional choice to stop, to, to change, or to remove those things that are in our lives that defend us or limit us from being used completely as a vessel of honor. It's the same understanding that we have from the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 12, the writer of Hebrews declares, considering we are encompassed about by so great a cloud of witness, let us now lay aside every weight 
and every sin that so easily besets us. He's saying for you and I, since we are encompassed about by that great cloud of witnesses, those believers, those saints that have gone before us, knowing what they have done, now it's our responsibility, yours and mine, to lay aside that weight and that sin that so easily ensnares us or, or tangles us up and then run with patience the race that's set before us. You see, when you and I come to Christ, we sing the songs, Jesus paid it all, and absolutely he did. We're we're saved by the sacrifice of Christ. But beloved, our daily walk is still there. And it's the process of our daily walk that we are responsible for. Oh, we could say, oh Lord, take that away from me. I don't want to deal with that anymore in my life. And through the powering work of the Holy Spirit, He will enable us, he will strengthen us, but we still need to make that decision to lay it down, to lay it aside, to walk away from it. And we're gonna look at that more as we get into the verses here. The responsibility to lay aside every weight, the responsibility to lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares us, the responsibility of the one who cleanses himself from the latter. Beloved, that's our responsibility. I remember as a young man having it out with God one night. And, you know, I think, well, Lord, if you don't want this in my life, then take it away. Take it away. Well, he burdened my heart for it. I understood that. But, beloved, God, by and large, doesn't just suddenly wave his hand over you and, and take away all the desires and all the distractions and all the temptations of the enemy. No, those are choices that we make to be faithful to the one that called us. Those are choices that we make day by day, literally, sometimes moment by moment, that we choose to walk in obedience. We choose to walk in holiness and in righteousness. It's our responsibility to lay those things aside, to cleanse ourselves from the things of dishonor, those things of indignity, of shame, of disgrace, and of vileness. It's the same concept, actually, that we read in the book of James. James tells us in James 1, speaking to you and I as believers, therefore lay aside all filthiness and that overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness that implanted word which is able to save your souls. You need to understand James isn't speaking here about a salvation act that we do in order to be saved. No, he's speaking to believers. He's speaking to the saints that are scattered all over that area. And he's writing to you and I. We could read this letter from James to the church of Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande in 2017, and he says to us, we need to lay aside all filthiness. We need to lay aside that overflow of wickedness. Now, why would he write that? Why would he say those things? Unless the fact is, is it's a reality of the lives of those believers of that day, that that filthiness was still in their lives, that overflow of wickedness was still there. They were still battling it, just as we are today. Amen? Okay, I'm just checking to see how big my boat is, okay? (laughs) We, We still battle with those things, and yet we are responsible to lay aside these things. We have that responsibility. If we claim Jesus as our Lord, 
and our Savior. You are my Lord. That means that I'm obedient to you, that I'm faithful to you. That means that I want to live my life to bring you glory and honor. Therefore, since I call him Lord, I now have that responsibility to make those choices in my life that bring glory and honor to him. Since Christ has already redeemed us with his precious blood, since he's already called us to himself, since he's already determined for us a a plan and a purpose within his kingdom, now we as his children, we as the redeemed of heaven, we have the obligation to lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. As we're called, as Paul tells us back here in Timothy, to cleanse the whole idea of to, to cleanse, to purge, to separate ourselves from these things. We also need to understand that this cleansing isn't simply an outward religious act like, like the Jews of that day had and like many religious people even within the church today have. That, oh, on the outside, we look good. We, we come Sunday and we're all dressed up and we say uh, all the right words because we've got Christianese down. Amen, hallelujah. Glory to God, yes. Uh, We've got the language down. And we look on the outside to each other as if everything is right. But what's true on the inside? What is real on the inside? You see, the Jews had these, these rituals that they went through. And because they went through the ceremony, they truly believed that as going through the ceremony, that that's what was pleasing to God. And that's why the prophets continually, continually, continually told them, no, no, no. It's not the ritual. It's not the sacrifice. It's the broken. It's the contrite heart. It's the heart of obedience that God is looking for. See, the fullness and the purpose of our lives being sacrificed to God. And he renews our heart. He, He strengthens us as we continually within our own lives through the empowering of the Holy Spirit. I I know that, I understand that. The Holy Spirit has to be that that draws us to him. Without the Holy Spirit, number one, we're none of his, but it's the Holy Spirit that draws us into obedience. But through him, we are continually drawn to determine within our own lives to remove from our lives those things or those actions or or those attitudes that war against the will of God that bring dishonor to his kingdom. Why? Because we want to be found useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Paul goes on with that with some real practical application for this whole idea of cleansing and purging. Still in 2 Timothy chapter 2, look at verse 22 and 23 with me if you would. Paul says, you and I, we we need to flee also youthful lusts. One of the things I know, youthful lusts don't leave you once you leave your youth. You kind of carry those with you your entire life. He says, flee youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness and faith and love and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart and avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. I love this. Three actions that that we're called to do. To flee, to pursue, and to avoid. To flee, pursue, and to avoid. It's a lifelong task, guys. 
It, it, it's nothing that at one point in time we determine, okay, this is what I'm going to do in my life, and then just figure that that's, that's the way it's going to be forever. I'm reminded of the story of a husband and wife who had been married for years and years, and they came to the pastor for marriage counseling, and the pastor asked them, well, what seems to be the problem? Well, he, he never says, I love you. The husband looked at her and said, well, what do you mean I don't say I love you? Of course I do. You never say you love me. He says, I beg to differ. Remember, 35 years ago, there on the platform of that little church out in the country, just before we said our vows, I turned and I looked at you and I said, I love you. If it ever changes, I'll let you know. Our commitment to God is an ongoing and persistent and intentional life. It's got to be intentional. We wake up in the morning, we've got to be intentional with our walk in Christ. Beloved, because if you and I are not intentional in our walk with Christ, I want to let you know, Satan is intentional in having you to stumble in that walk. So we better be on game. Similar to the directive here that Paul gave Timothy, actually over in 1 Timothy, we went through that, but in 1 Timothy chapter 6, he he wrote to Timothy, he says, but you, O man of God, you need to flee these things. And these things that he spoke about were things earlier in that sixth chapter where he spoke about disputes and arguments over words from which come envy and strife and reviling and evil suspicions and useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth. He says you need to flee all those things and you need to pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Told him also in that sixth chapter of First Timothy, he says you need to fight the good fight of faith. You need to lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. There he uses these terms, flee and pursue and to fight and to lay hold on. Now back here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, he uses the words to flee and to pursue and to avoid. Do you you catch? Every one of these are action words. All of them are action words, not passive. You as a believer, if you're going to live your lives to the glory and to the honor to please God in your life, you have to be actively involved in that process. It does not just happen automatically. As a matter of fact, let's, let's face it, folks. Our, our natural state is quick to come back if we don't combat against it. We are quick to simply slide back it's like, man, my garden, if I don't take care of it it, 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 it goes back to wilderness really quick. It's a process that has to continually be going. All of these action words, all of these are required for the believer in that journey called sanctification in our lives. All that required in our lives to be useful for the Lord and for his kingdom's work. Back in 2 Timothy chapter 2, let's go on, look at verse 24. He says, and the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach and patient, 
in humility correcting those who are in opposition. If God, perchance, will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and that they may escape the snare of the devil having been taken captive by him to do his will. He says, a servant of the Lord. You, you, you call yourself as, as a believer. We, we are called to be servants of the Lord. And he says, the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all. It's absolutely amazing to me when I come to a Christian brother and, and it just seems like, man, they've got a chip on their shoulder. They want to argue. They want to fight about anything and everything. And the littlest of things, it doesn't matter. I'll fight against that as much as I would a big thing. They're just, again, that whole attitude of, of, of conflict and of quarreling, rather than being gentle to all. We, again, as a servant of the Lord, we're to be gentle to all. He says, and, and able to teach. Well, that's not just getting up in front of a group of people and, and expounding upon the Word of God, although, man, that's great opportunity when you have it, but that's also able to share the reality of what your life and what your walk in Christ is with someone else. And that might be a neighbor that, uh, you know, sharing a cup of coffee. That might be someone that you work with uh, across the desk at, at the break room. That might be, again, a friend or a family member, and it might might be a stranger that you've just met this afternoon. Are you able to give reason for the hope that's within you? Maybe I need to back up and say, is there a hope that's within you? Because you see, that hope has to be there before we can ever give reason for that hope. Able to teach, and, and, and I know just in my own experience, but also just in the full experience of life, if you are able to teach, you better be teachable. So I think it goes both ways. It's got to be both ways. Someone that comes up and says, well, I I know it all. I don't need any input from anybody. Watch out for that guy or that gal, okay? You've got to be teachable. And then then patient. I, I love that idea that, again, the servant of the Lord has to be patient, has to be patient. Why? Because you're going to be pushed against anytime you try to share the Lord. Family, friends, neighbors, strangers. Oh, on occasion, you'll find somebody that is just so hungry. They're like a sponge. They're going to suck it up. But by and large, most of the time, there's going to be a pushback. That's why you've got to be patient. How many of you came to the Lord the first time you heard the gospel? Very few, if any. Because, well, again, our, our natural statement is, whoa, whoa, you're calling me a sinner? No way. We have to come to that understanding. The Holy Spirit has to reveal it. That's why we need to be patient. Oh, I shared once with them. They didn't listen to me. Then look for an opportunity to share it again. And look for an opportunity to share it again. And to live your life in front of them in the truth of the gospel. And look for an opportunity to share it again. Being patient. He says there, and in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. And through the years, I've seen many believers trying to correct those who are in opposition to the gospel. As a matter of fact, that's what gets displayed in the newspapers and on the television reports. Again, those that are trying to correct those who are in opposition. And they have banners and they say, you're going to hell because of this. God does not love you because of that choice in your life. Those are the kinds of things. No, what Paul says, no, in humility, correcting those. Knowing and understanding that, you know what, we're sinners too. And we can fall just as easily. 
And what I want to share with you is the hope that I've found in Christ and in humility, again, coming to those, correcting those who are in opposition. And why do we do that, guys? Why do we, as the servants of God, need to be those that aren't quarreling but that we're gentle to all? Why do we need to be not only able to teach but, but teachable? Why do we need to be patient? Why do we need to have humility in our lives? Because the Word of God says, just perchance, God might lead those into repentance. You see, it's the testimony of your life and my life to the world around us that speaks of the reality of God and of Christ and of God's kingdom work. You see, when you and I are being the servants of the Lord that we're supposed to be to the world around us, Jesus says we're to be salt. And what does salt do? I don't know about you, but salt to me makes me very thirsty. I love that idea. Yeah, salt speaks of preserving, but I like the fact that I want to be salt because I want them to be thirsty to have what I have and to know whom I know. And when we live our lives according to what God's word says, we have that opportunity. He says if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they might know the truth and that they might come to their senses so that they might escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Guys, we are called to be clean and usable vessels for the Lord's work in clear and practical ways. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be Tupperware in God's kingdom. (laughs) I want to be a vessel of honor. And in order for you and I to be vessels of honor, the responsibility is ours. Cleanse ourselves to make those choices. It's a responsibility to flee from those things that bring destruction, those things that we know that are sinful. Flee those things that we know are going to drag us down and pursue those things, again, of peace and of love, those things that will give glory and honor to Christ. We need to pursue after those things, and we need to avoid all those things in our lives that would, again, cause us to stumble or cause our testimony to become of no avail. It's our responsibility to prepare our vessels, our own hearts, for the service of the king. Jesus paid it all. He redeemed you through his blood. Now, because you claim that redemption in your life, you and I, we have that responsibility to live our lives for his glory, to live our lives as vessels for the king. In humility, correct those who are in opposition. We're representatives of God. We are representatives of the plan of God. We are representatives of the kingdom of God. We are representatives of the word of God. We are representatives of the son of God to the world that's around us. Remember a few weeks ago I shared with you that, that we are called as apostles. <laughs> Little a, you understand that. You don't need a business card. You are called as a representative of another kingdom to this kingdom that we are temporarily abiding in. Are you a strong representative? Are you a pure representative? What in your life needs to be laid aside in order that Christ might shine through you. Oh,
The Apostle Paul exhorts us in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2 to share God's Word in season and out of season. We need to be ready to share the gospel message wherever we go with whomever we encounter. Jesus' message is for everyone and is needed by all. If you've been changed by Jesus, tell the world. We hope today's message on the open word has kindled a fire in your spirit to share Jesus. If you'd like to listen again, find this message and many others online at theopenword.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast, gaining access to messages straight from God's word as soon as we post them. Before our time with you is up today, Pastor David has a special invitation for you. Well, I hope that today's message has encouraged you in your faith. and It's given you a hunger to learn more about God. If you're in the Casa Grande area, you're looking for a church to attend, I'd be honored to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. You can find directions and service times by visiting theopenword.com and following the links to our church homepage. We welcome you to be a part of our time of worshiping our Savior and studying the words of the Bible verse by verse, growing closer to Him each week. Thanks, Pastor David. You'll also be able to get more information by calling 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Thanks again for tuning in today to The Open Word. Pastor David will return to share more from the book of 2 Timothy right here on The Open Word. Make us more.